to see everyone's lovely faces. For those watching online, we welcome you. We thank you for joining. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Yes, amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's go over our vision. We are a strong, growing community of faith-filled believers who live aligned to the Word of God, and we make an internal impact in the lives of others. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. We just come into his presence this morning with thanksgiving in our hearts. We celebrate Thanksgiving this past Thursday, and we continue to do so. We always do as Christians. We always we are always thankful we always come into his presence with a thankful heart we show gratitude to him always for he has done great things he is a good god amen father we just worship you this morning we just come into your presence father god with thanksgiving in our hearts father and we lift up our hands we lift up our voices unto you lord and we give you all the praises father we just worship you this morning and honor you, Father God, for you are good. You are a good God. We declare this morning that you are good. We just love on you this morning, Father. We just worship you this morning, and we are thankful. We are thankful for everything you do, Lord, and for who you are, our Abba Daddy. Thank you, Lord. We just worship you, Lord. Thank you, Father. the day that you have made whatever comes I won't complain for all my hope is in your name and now your joy awaits my praise give thanks for all you Give thanks for all you have done. 
had those days where you just didn't feel like praising God? No? Just me? Where you wake up and it's not easy. But you know what? You make yourself do it. Right? How do you do that? I lift up my hands. I lift up my voice. And I praise you. We all have those moments. Even pastor has those moments. When it's five or six in the morning and it's very cold. And you wake up and you say, I'm going to sit down and praise the Lord. And the house is not warm yet. You get up and you go sit down. It doesn't come easy. Your flesh does not want to do that. Your spirit is always ready. Your spirit is willing. But depending on how much word you got in this flesh, <laughs> it can be very weak when it comes to praising God and thanking Him, especially when the circumstances around you don't look very good. When the circumstances around you don't seem very promising. It can be difficult to lift your hands and your voice and praise God. But there's a grace available to you to do it. And if you'll just say, okay, I'm just going to do what his word says to do. You'll step into that grace and before long, you'll be praising him. It will come right up out of your spirit. And your flesh has no choice but to obey. Has no choice. The psalmist said in Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. David, through that song, reminded himself of himself of the benefits of blessing the Lord and reminded himself of what it meant to serve the Lord. That might have been a moment where the day didn't seem very promising, but he decided to stir himself up. And he told himself, soul, you're going to bless the Lord with all that's within me. So here's what I want us to do. Hallelujah. We're going to sing that again. And let's see. We'll sing, I praise you. We'll do that. So that way it's easy. People know where we're going. I praise you. And I want you to do it. The song says, I lift up my hands and I lift up my voice. And I'll tell you, if you'll do it this morning, you'll step into the grace of God that he has available to you. There's an abundance of grace here for you this morning to praise him the way he desires to be praised. And praise will still the enemy in your life. And so the circumstances which don't look promising can change. They are subject to change because they are temporal. They are temporary. But the word of God is eternal. Amen? And we can stand on the promises in the word. So let's sing that together again. I praise. Come on and lift your voice. I 
mama-to-be's, our mama-to-be's. Can you come up here? If there's anyone else that we're not aware of, you're a mama-to-be, you come on up here this morning. Any mama-to-be's? <laughs> Now's the time to tell the church. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can be seated. 
seated, but don't disconnect, okay? Don't disconnect. Okay, you can turn. You can turn. You can turn. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When are you due? January 28th. That's a good month. That's my month. Make sure you stay in January. <laughs> and you're in March. That's also a good month. That's my sister's birthday. Hallelujah. And you're having a boy? Two boys. Two more boys. Amen. Glory to God. So we're going to pray this morning. I feel impressed to do so. It's not something that I'm just doing because I just think y'all are cute. Because I do. I think y'all are precious. Uh, but the Lord laid it on my heart to do it, so we're just going to obey him, okay? Father, we just thank you this morning for Ashley. I thank you for your power that's at work in her. I thank you for this child that's in her this morning. We thank you, Father God, for your plan and your purpose for him even now. You said that before we were even in and formed in our mother's womb, that you knew us and that you call us and set us apart. And so we speak to you, child, this morning, and we let you know that you are a child of the living God. Every part of your body will function in the perfection to which God created it to function. There will be no malfunction, no malformity uh, or anything else. This will be a smooth rest of the labor. Uh, the, the, the time that she's carrying, the rest of it will be smooth, no problems, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary in Jesus' name. And the labor and delivery will be smooth. I know that's what she's wanting. <laughs> Whether at home, wherever it is, I thank you, Father God, that it will go smooth, no issues, no emergencies, nothing. It will all go very smooth. And we thank you. And you'll get the glory for it. And this child will serve you the rest of his days. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. I speak peace and protection over mom this morning. Everything that her hand finds to do prospers in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, that she will carry out the rest of this term. I thank you, Father, that it will be glorious and easy in Jesus name no stress no worries in Jesus name amen glory to God I thank you for Miss Christy this morning I thank you for your power that's at work on the inside of her I thank you that this child is growing and increasing in her and I thank you father God that he grows the way he's supposed to grow we thank you father God that his body will function in the perfection to which you've created it. You've already formed him. You know every part of him. You know all his little fingers and toes, his little nose, his ears, his eyes, every part of him. You know it. You are well acquainted with him already. And we thank you that he will be a joy to Christy and Justin and the family. We thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name, that he, she will go full term. There'll be no issues, nothing. And the labor and delivery will be smooth with no issues, no concerns, nothing. Just very smooth in Jesus' name. I thank you for the strength of God over her right now. In the name of Jesus, no stress, but only peace in Jesus' name. No worry, no more worry in Jesus' name. 
but only peace, divine peace in Jesus' name. And the joy of the Lord is your strength in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the name of Jesus. I hear the word restoration this morning. Thank you, Father God. This is the year of restoration. There are many who have lost or in the midst of losing, and you're holding on to it so tightly. But some days it seems to be coming out of your grip, and you're not having a firm grip on whatever that is. If it's a, a relationship with a child or a spouse or a friendship, whatever it is, God's restoring that to you in Jesus' name. But you've got to give it to him. Release it to him. And restoration might look different than what you think it looks like. And so give it over to him. Go before him. Bring the individuals or individual, whatever it is, bring it to him and ask the Holy Spirit to help you and receive the grace that he is going to deposit to you. Just say, help me, Holy Spirit, with this situation, with this relationship, with this friendship, whatever it is. It might even be a job, whatever it is. There's restoration for you. And again, don't put your own plan into place, but grab hold, lay hold of his plan for you with this. And he'll reveal that to you. He'll tell you and show you what that is and all will be well in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. This is your year of re recovery and restoration. It's your year. So receive it by faith in his name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Why don't you uh, greet one another this morning? Uh, the person on your left, right, maybe across the aisle that you didn't come with this morning. Just tell them hello, good to see you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we're doing things just a little different this morning. That's okay, right? It's good to shake things up a bit. Hallelujah. Hopefully you agree. I didn't hear many okays. <laughs> Glory to God. 
Bless the Lord. I just wanted to, before we start, I just wanted to say, first of all, good morning, and I pray that you had a blessed Thanksgiving, that you enjoyed family, friends, whatever you do on Thanksgiving. I pray that you enjoyed it, that it was a good day, that you ate some good food, because that's what part of Thanksgiving is about. For some, that's all it is about. <laughs> but uh, some good pies and cake, whatever it is. Uh, so I uh, hope you had a wonderful time. And I wanted to acknowledge, and I know they do not do it for this reason, but you give honor to whom honor is due. And so doesn't this place look absolutely festive and elegant this morning? And we can say thank you to Miss Patty for the vision for it and for carrying it out. Amen? And so, and for those who helped her, I know Mike, Christina were here. I think Donna was here. And so thank you. Just give them a hand this morning. Thank you very much. Patty was telling me her vision for it. And she said, I have it all written down. When she does things, she does things uh, very organized, and it looks very beautiful. It's a blessing to us. Amen. So thank Amen. you. Thank you. I can't wait to see outside in the dark. I hear it looks nice, so I want to drive by on Wednesday. It'll be dark. So <laughs> we'll see it. It gets dark at 4 now. So, <laughs> so uh, I look forward to it. We're getting ready for Christmas, believe it or not. Just like that. The holidays are here. And so uh, Christmas, uh, the 19th of this of December, the kids will be doing their presentation. So if you have kids in Kids Church, uh, they'll be up here, uh, you know, doing a presentation for us. So we look for, always look forward to that. Last year they did a play. So if you go back on Facebook or YouTube or any of the uh, places on our website, you could go back and watch the play that they did. It was actually really good. This year it's a short presentation, but we look forward to it. Amen. And then uh, on uh, the 24th, we have our candlelight service. That's, the, that's Christmas Eve. That's our candlelight service. Just a time of song uh, and just praise to God. And uh, if you have individuals you want to invite, uh, do so. Uh, we'll have some invite cards. They'll be here next week, and so uh, you can hand them out to them. Glory to God. Now, this is Teen Impact Sunday, and I see we started off real good. Now, I don't blame the teens. Because most of our teens can't drive, right? Most of our teens can't drive. So mamas and dads, get your teens here. It's important that they go to church on Sundays. If we start off with them doing other things, when they start having problems, you run to the church. And if they haven't been here, it's kind of hard to help them. But even when they're here, we still have problems. We still have problems. But we have more grace to help, <laughs> more grace to speak into their lives. But it's important. It's a priority. It was always a priority for me with my children. I had two kids. I was a single mom. But on Sundays, they did not work. They were not allowed to work on Sundays. We were in church on Sundays. Now, Kev's job is trying to pull something, and he's, like, trying to stand up for himself, like, no. I need this because of my religious freedom. And so he, they're working on it. They wanted to work every Sunday. He got them down to at least every eight weeks. And so now we'll see what happens. Uh, but this is a priority. Make it a priority to be uh, in church and for your children. Because when we start putting other things as a priority, when you want them to come when they're older, guess what? They won't come. <laughs> they won't come. And so uh, it's important for them to come and to be involved and especially uh, on Impact Sunday because now they're giving back. Because kids, we all were selfish. 
Most kids <laughs> are selfish. You may think, but they're my kids, they're not selfish. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go take them to the store and say, you can have this gift or this. They're always going to pick the big gift. <laughs> kids, that's just how it is. I want that. Okay, now you're going to give it away. What? What am I going to get in return? Kids are just naturally, that's how we all are. We all, some have still not outgrown it as adults. <laughs> but uh, kids, that you know, they need to learn to give back. You teach them to give back. And it, when they give back in church, there's nothing like giving back in church. Nothing like it. There's nothing like serving God in the local church. It's a blessing. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Okay. So this morning, uh, we're going to uh, go ahead and do the offering at the end. Uh, there's a reason for it. And so we'll just get right into our message this morning, and then we'll go from there. Okay? Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Are you still thankful today? Or did the thankfulness wear off after that last piece of pie? <laughs> Are you still thankful? No, we're grateful people. Amen? We're grateful people. Today I want to take just a few moments to talk about something that we've all heard before. You've probably thought about it in your life. You probably teach your kids this. Uh, but it's always good to have a reminder, especially after a holiday like Thanksgiving. Amen? We just finished a 15-part series on the Holy Spirit and his gifts. <laughs> that was quite a long series. Uh, so we're just going to let that continue to marinate, and we'll just talk about something simple today. Just something real easy and, and simple today. I'm going to give you an illustration that we all can probably relate to. Jim is a husband, a dad of two kids, and a dog. He's a simple guy, doesn't ask for much. His alarm goes off before everyone else's. He gets up, makes his favorite cup of coffee, grabs his Bible, and goes to his favorite leather chair in the living room, sits back, and enjoys his morning devotions. He looks over at his beautiful dog, who's laying quietly near the sliding glass doors, enjoying the warmth of the bright sun. Jim looks around and takes in the quietness and begins his prayer with thanksgiving to God. He finishes his devotions, and before he can go wake his kids up, they come running out of their rooms with big hugs, and they run back to their rooms to get ready for school. Jim's wife wakes up and starts to cook breakfast. The family sits down to eat together, and they finish getting ready. It's just so peaceful. As Jim passes the bathroom, he sees his youngest brushing his teeth and gives him a little good job nod. The bus comes. They say their goodbyes. Jim pours his second cup of coffee in his travel mug and starts his commute to work. He gets all the green lights, and there's no traffic, no morons on the street today. He smiles as his mind goes back to his son, brushing his teeth that morning. What a great kid he is. He begins to thank God for his family and everything else he can think of because Jim is just so grateful. Hallelujah. A few days later, Jim wakes up and the sun is shining brightly again. He grabs his phone off the nightstand, and to his horror, he forgot to set his alarm. He is now 
one hour behind. He runs down the stairs to make his coffee, pulls the container from the cabinet, and there's not even a teaspoon of coffee left in the container. He yells up to his wife, honey, didn't you buy coffee yesterday? Oh, that's what I forgot, she yells back. He runs up the stairs yelling out frantic frantically, we're late, get up, it's time for school. The kids who were getting up and getting themselves ready the other day were sleeping oh so soundly. He can feel his blood pressure increasing as he continues to attempt to wake them up. Finally, after lots of moaning and groaning, the kids get up and he knows this because it sounds like the WWE Smackdown is taking place in the hallway. They make it down to the breakfast table and he hears one of them complaining about the breakfast cereal choices. He of course doesn't have time for breakfast and is rushing around getting ready. He tries to block out his wife who now sounds like Edith Bunker telling the kids they should be grateful they even had food today. He finishes tying his tie and as he makes his way to the bathroom, he trips over the dog. When he finally gets to the bathroom, he sees his youngest son brushing his teeth and he's wondering how someone can get that much toothpaste on a clean shirt. <laughs> he finishes getting ready and remembers that he has a one-on-one -on -one with the boss today, so he has to be there on time. Just as this thought crosses his mind, he hears what sounds like the school bus going by. Dad, we missed the bus, one of his clueless sons says. His wife had already left for work because she's just smart. And so now he has become the chauffeur. After 10 minutes of I can't find my backpack, where's my shoe? I forgot to put my homework in the backpack. Oh, Dad, you have to sign this. They get in the car. On cue, the kids finish their argument from earlier and he is ready to throw them out of the car by the time they get to school. He is now 10 minutes late to work and as he takes a deep breath, he looks down to see the toothpaste he has on his tie. How much gratitude do you think Jim is going to express today on his commute. Ever been there? <laughs> is that like every day? <laughs> Turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 in verse 18. <laughs> Little Jim. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now this verse doesn't tell us to be thankful or to give thanks for every circumstance, but it says in every circumstance and grace gives us the ability to dig deeper in the not so great circumstances so that we can give thanks or express gratitude even in those times hallelujah in fact the word thanks in this verse in greek it looks like it's eucharistio but it's 
Euharestal. Euharestal is how you say it. And so that's how you pronounce it. But it's spelled E-U-C-H-A-R-I-S-T-E-O. It's an active tense. And the E-U denotes good or well. It always denotes a good inner disposition, a good feeling about something. Then you see that word charis. We know what that word means. It means grace. When you put the words together, it paints the picture of one who is so grateful that he has an outpouring of overwhelmingly good feelings about everything. Hmm. Regardless of what is happening or not happening, he's decided to be thankful and this outpouring of thanks originates from his heart. It's a deep gratitude. Hallelujah. The word thankful or gratitude is built from the word grace. And that's what the title of this message is today. Grace for gratitude. You and I have the grace or the ability to be deeply grateful that we have an outpouring of overwhelmingly good feelings about everything, regardless of what is happening. So in our second example with Jim, the grace that's on his life gives him the ability while he's driving to work to dig just a little deeper and to put what happened that morning aside and still express thanks to God. That's what grace on your life will give you the ability to do. That's how we could say, I live a grateful life. I live a life of gratitude and thanksgiving. That's how. You can't do that yourself. Because Jim didn't have many things to be thankful for that morning. You don't do it by yourself. Just because the circumstances of that second morning weren't as good as the first, doesn't, doesn't have to change Jim's overwhelmingly good feelings. But it all comes down to a decision. Gratitude or being thankful is a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. And we've all been graced to make that choice. We have grace on us to do that. Gratitude is more than just saying thank you. It's more than just declaring what I'm thankful for. Ever tell a kid to say thank you when someone gave him something? Do you think he's feeling thankful at that moment? Tell auntie so-and-so thank you for that ugly sweater. You think that he's thankful for that at that time? No. What does he do, though? Thank you. You know, sometimes you hardly get the thank you, right? Thank you. You know, are they feeling thankful at that time? Probably not. They're just doing what you told them to do. They're expressing things, but they probably don't have feelings. Try it out. Gift, give a gift of socks to your kid for Christmas this year. A box of socks. Here you go. Merry Christmas. You'll see real quick. They'll be like, huh? But when they are going to go play in the snow or maybe go play soccer with their friends and they put those socks on, they'll be glad they had them then. Then that feeling of thanks may come. Or 
If we don't teach them, they may just take that for granted too. But kids, right? Kids, that, they're not feeling thanks a lot of times. You're just telling them, say thank you. And, but teach them that it's not just saying thank you. Amen? It's, it's a feeling that you get. It's an emotion, a powerful emotion, gratitude is. Hallelujah. And so gratitude, it's, it's a choice and a powerful emotion. It's a state of thankfulness or a state of being grateful. And we've talked about gratitude in the past a lot. There are even health benefits. They've done studies on the benefits of having a grateful heart. And positive psychology talks about a grateful heart and what that does to an individual, even with their brain and with their health, their, their bones, their nerves, all of that. It can help us. And so we won't get into that, but there are benefits to being grateful and expressing gratefulness or gratitude. But it's a choice. It's a choice. When we receive Jesus into our lives, we became born again, a child of God, a Christian, a follower of Jesus, whatever you call yourself. That status doesn't change based on what kind of day you're having. It doesn't change. You can face a very tough challenge and still be in that challenge, but that doesn't change your status as a child of God or a follower of Jesus. It doesn't change it. Amen? That's what this grace that's on your life, that's what this grace that's on your life will give you the ability to do with gratitude, no matter what's happening, I could still be grateful. I could still be thankful. You continue to be in a state of thankfulness no matter what your day looks like. Hallelujah. Paul says, let's look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. We'll look at it out of the New Living translation. It says, I know how to live and on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. We know that verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? The voice translation of this verse says, I know how to survive in tight situations, and I know how to enjoy having plenty. In fact, I have learned how to face any circumstances, fed or hungry, with or without. I can be content, Paul says, in and every situation through the anointed one who is my power and strength. Paul talks about how he chooses to be content in no matter what circumstance he finds himself in. Then he says he can do that because Jesus gives him the power and the strength to do it. That's grace. That's grace. That's the grace of God. It's an enlightenment. It's a quickening, an enabling, an empowerment, a special endowment from God to carry out something you've been asked to do. 
And the Bible tells us, we just read it in 1 Thessalonians 5, to give thanks in every circumstance. So anything that we are asked to do by God, it comes with an endowment from God so we can do it. So we can do it. And so we make the choice that we're going to live a life of gratitude in thanksgiving, and then we step out and we do it because the grace is on us to do that. It's on us to do that. Glory to God. And here's the thing with grace. It's available. The word of God says that we were saved by grace through faith. And so it's available to us. The word of God says that we can grow in grace. It says uh, in Acts chapter 4, verse 33, and we'll read that in just a moment. We've received, we have, to, we have to receive and acknowledge grace, God's grace. We've got to receive and acknowledge it in our lives if we're going to see the grace increase. Some people stop short at the first work of grace which is salvation. And they receive salvation. They receive that first work of grace and they're excited about it and glory to God, they're going to heaven. Their sins are forgiven. Bless the Lord, nothing wrong with that. That's wonderful. And we all should receive that first work of grace. But then there are some that take that second step and they receive the second work of grace, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Glory to God, have some witnesses here who've done that. We've received the second work of grace, but some have stopped there. There's more grace available to us. Amen? God has an abundance, abundance of grace for us. Hallelujah. And we have to receive it. Look at Acts chapter 4 and verse 33. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. <laughs> great grace was upon them, each and every one of them. It was on them all. I want to read it out of the God's Word translation. It says, with great power... The apostles continued to testify that the Lord Jesus had come back to life. God's abundant goodwill or grace was with them all. Hallelujah. They were graced to go out and teach this message and proclaim this message because there was a lot of persecution going on at this time. The church was new. And so they were graced, though, not with just some grace, an abundance of grace. And that same grace is available to you and I. And we can grow in the grace. Amen? We can grow in it. Hallelujah. There's an abundance of God's grace available to us if we'll receive and acknowledge it just as Paul did. If you read through the epistles, and I think sometimes we miss it, we take it for granted. So Paul, his greeting was always grace and peace, and I've gotten letters from people and they're like, you know, grace and peace be to you. But 
Paul received the grace. In fact, in Galatians, I forget what chapter it is. In Galatians, he talks about how uh, Paul and 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 the uh, when he went to James and the other apostles that they recognized, they perceived and acknowledged the grace that was in him. They recognized and perceived and acknowledged the grace that was in him. And Paul always acknowledged the grace that was in him. He said it all the time. I'm grace to do this. But then he would say things like, you know, I'm the least of all the apostles, yet I've done more than they did. He said, not because of me, but because of the grace that I've received. Now, did he get more grace than everybody else? No. He just acknowledged it more than everybody else. Well, that's what we've got to do. We've got to acknowledge the grace of God that's in our life. And this morning, we're talking about gratitude. So acknowledge the grace that's on your life to be grateful, to be grateful in all things, in all circumstances, not for every circumstance, not for the bad thing. I'm not grateful for the bad things that happen. Those things are going to happen. But in those things, I can continue to have joy and a grateful heart. Amen? Glory to God. Life is unpredictable, but the grace of God is very predictable. Hallelujah. It's always there. And you have the abundance of grace available to you to live a thankful life or a life of gratitude. Let's look at one example before we close. In Daniel chapter 6, verse 5. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 5. In the New Living, it says, so they concluded, we'll go to verse 11. So they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So I won't read verse 6. I'll tell you about it. So you can read it at home. Remember, Daniel was a refugee. He was a captive. But he found so much favor, so much favor with King Darius, with all the kings, but with King Darius in this particular account. That King Darius put him and two other individuals over all the high officers in the land. A refugee. Not one of them. <laughs> he was an outsider. But King Darius, God's favor and grace was on Daniel so much so that he put him in a position. And the Bible says he was contemplating putting him over all of the kingdom. It says the entire kingdom. King Darius was a refugee, someone who had been taken captive and brought there. The king was contemplating putting him over the entire kingdom. Well, people were mad about that. The insiders were like, well, what about us? They were vying for that position. So they thought, how can we get him out of the picture? Huh. The one thing that we can come against is his faith. And so they tricked King Darius into writing a decree that only he, the king, could be worshipped. They knew Daniel was not going to stop worshipping. So look at what verse 10 says. King Darius signed it into law in verse 9. Verse 10, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he did what he did every single day. He went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He didn't care who saw what. He prayed three times a day, just as he would, had always done, giving 
thanks to God. Then verse 11, they went and told the king. First they went and found him. They caught him. They knew he was going to do it. Daniel was not going to change just because circumstances. There was a grace on Daniel's life regardless of what was happening to still give thanks to God. Most of us would probably, if we continued to praise him, we'd probably shut our windows and go down to the basement so nobody saw. We'd probably wait. Okay, I think the neighbors are in bed. Let's go pray. <laughs> Daniel didn't care. Why? Because the grace of God was on his life. He knew that whatever happened next, grace was going to take care of him. He knew. He knew that God had him. Grace is predictable. He knew the outcome. So the refugee, <laughs> they came to him and said, listen, we got a guy here who broke your, your laws. And so the king said, all right, well, we're going to have to do what we said we're going to have to do. Otherwise, that sets a very bad precedence. So we know the rest of the story. They threw him in the lion's den. He was thrown. But the abundance of grace was on him to overcome that. Thanking God was something it says that he did before. I can guarantee you he was thanking God in the lion's den. He was not sitting in a corner complaining, Lord, why are you letting this happen to me? Can't you see I'm praying and trying to do all the right things? Why are you letting them do this to me? Lord, are you out there? Are you listening? Where are you? You feel so far. Can't you see I'm in this lion's den? I did what you told me to do. Lord, hello? No, he wasn't complaining. He was excited. He knew what was going to happen. He knew. And he didn't look disheveled, not one hair out of place when they opened it up. Whew, that was hard. No. <laughs> he was like, come on, let's go to work. It said he went straight to work when he got out of there. And what did that do? What did that do for that nation? Look at verse 26 and 27. <laughs> Daniel got out of the lion's den untouched. And here's what it says in the message translation. It says, King Darius published this proclamation to every race, color, and creed on earth. This is after he got out unscathed. Peace to you, abundant peace. I decree that Daniel's God shall be worshipped and feared in all parts of my kingdom. He is the living God, world without end. His kingdom never fails. His rule continually eternal. He is a savior and a rescuer. Uh, he performs astonishing miracles in heaven and on earth. He saved Daniel from the power of the lions, a pagan king. Yeah, preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Yeah, a pagan king. Because Daniel continued to walk in the grace that was on his life and continued giving thanks to God no matter what. Faith in the grace of God says, I know you're there. And I know I will overcome this. I've been empowered by God to continue to have gratitude, joy, and peace no matter what happens in my life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's what we got to do. We have got to. We've got to stay with an attitude of gratitude. We've got to keep that 
And, and I'm teaching this today because here comes the holidays. <laughs> Christmas is coming. And, you know, now there's a little more stress because our stuff is in the middle of the ocean somewhere. <laughs> the stores are not fully stocked. <laughs> and so my kid wants this thing or, you know, I know my mom would really love this, but the stores don't have it. It didn't come until February, they say. Well, there's, uh, there's an opportunity here, <laughs> an opportunity. And so we'll not take that opportunity to start complaining like everybody else. Amen? The opposite of gratitude is complaining. In fact, to complain means to remain. When you give thanks, you advance. But to complain, you'll remain. You'll, you still won't have it. Complaining will still not get it to you. <laughs> but if we'll give thanks, God will find a way. God will find a way. He'll give us something even better. He'll give us something better. So as we go into the holiday season, I encourage you, stay in gratitude. Amen? And acknowledge the grace that's on you today. To stay in thankfulness and to declare your gratefulness and thankfulness to God. Just because Thanksgiving Day is over doesn't mean it's over in the life of us believers. <laughs> Every day is thanksgiving for us. Amen? And my goodness, gratefulness is, I, I have it on my vision board, a grateful heart is a magnet for miracles. It really is. It will attract good things to you. All right, ushers, you can go ahead and serve the people. If you need an offering envelope this morning, you can raise your hands. Those who have joined us online, you can go to our website, fhfcma.com, and you can give there. Hallelujah. You can give through the push pay app. There are a number of ways to give. I want to read 2 Corinthians chapter 8 in verse 4 to you this morning. Actually, I'm going to start with one. We're going to read 2 Corinthians 8. Let me just get my right translation here. Did I say passion? Cool. All right, passion. Here we go. All right, so... Listen to this. So it says, beloved ones, we must tell you about the grace God poured out upon the churches of Macedonia. Did you see that word in there? Grace. For even during a season of severe difficulty, tremendous suffering, and extreme poverty, their superabundant joy overflowed into an act of extravagant generosity. <laughs> For I can verify that they spontaneously gave, not only according to their means, but far beyond what they could afford. Did you see what allowed them to do that? There was a grace to give. They actually begged us, Paul said, for the privilege of sharing in this ministry of giving to God's holy people who are living in poverty. Verse 5 says, They exceeded our expectations by first dedicating themselves fully to the Lord, then to us according to God's pleasure. Now, verse 6, That is why we appeal to Titus, since he was the one who got you started and encouraged you to gift. Give. Titus would take up the offerings in their church. He was the facilitator of the offerings. So he could help you complete this generous undertaking on your behalf. Paul tells him, remember, these are our friends, the church at Corinth. We learned about them. They came out of some 
crazy stuff. Paul started that church there. This is him that he's talking to. You do well and excel in every respect. Look at this church in unstoppable faith. Remember, they were spiritually wealthy too. This is why. In powerful preaching in revelation knowledge, in your passionate devotion, and in sharing the love we have shown you. So make sure that you also excel in grace-filled generosity. I'm not saying this as though I were issuing an order, but to stir you to greater love by mentioning the enthusiasm of the Macedonians as a challenge to you. For you have experienced the extravagant grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that although he was infinitely rich, he impoverished himself for our sake so that by his poverty we become rich beyond measure. <laughs> Glory to God. There's an anointing of grace available to you to give generously. Amen? And the more we receive and acknowledge this grace, hallelujah, glory to God, the more we'll grow in it. The more we'll increase in it. So as we give this morning, don't just go through the exercise because we're very familiar with this time of the service. Sometimes we go through this time of the service, you know, just kind of like, okay, let me find my dollar bills. Let me, let me get this to, okay, what am I going to get? No, it says to determine before we even get here. The Lord can speak to us and tell us what we should sow. All right, Lord, we're getting ready to go to church. I know that part of what's going to happen in the service, it's going to be a time to give. I'm giving it to you. I'm not giving it to them. I'm giving it to you. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would reveal to me between now and before service starts what I should sow today. Now, this is, you know, we know we give our 10% to him if he would have us to sow uh, something else. And so we just ask him that because here's the thing. When you engage with him and when you allow him to engage with you in your giving, you step into the grace that's available to you. It's when you do that. If you just throw it in the bucket, then yes, you just lost some money. You just lost some money. But if you put it in there intentionally, aligned to his word, what his word says, give. In Luke it says give, and it will be given to you. When you're given something to do, there's a grace that's endowed to you. There's an endowment that's given to you so you can carry it out. Amen? Amen? And then it says that when you give, it will be given to you. That grace works on that end too. Hallelujah. Do you receive that? Amen. We receive that this morning by faith in Jesus' name and we live it out. Amen. Let's stand together. Glory to God. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's confess the word. Now, this is something that we confess every week. It can get real traditional for us. We could get real accustomed to it. We can just say it by memory because some probably haven't memorized by now some of it. But don't, get, don't make it that type of thing. Every time we say it, be intentional 
about saying it and expect to receive it in your lives. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Because we are tithers, the windows of heaven are open. The blessing is being poured out. Because we are sowers, we are furnished in abundance for every good work. Hallelujah. We receive jobs or better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, settlements, estates and inheritances, interests and income, rebates and returns. Glory. We receive checks in the mail, supernatural wealth transfer, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, and properties acquired. We are getting our buildings, lands, houses, vehicles, and equipment. God is bringing into our hands great big seed, and we are moving forward in faith in every area of our lives. We command our harvest to come. Harvest, come to us now. Harvesting angels, go get it and bring it to us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you believe that? Yeah. Amen. Glory to God. So you can come up here and you can give cheerfully. Amen. Glory to God. We receive the blessing of the Lord in our lives in Jesus' name. Glory, 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 glory to the King. We receive the grace to give this morning. We receive the grace to receive. <laughs> we receive the grace to be grateful in Jesus' name. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. Glory. Father, just thank you for the opportunity to give and to receive the grace to give generously. We receive it. An abundance of grace is on our lives, Father God. Even during this week, Holy Spirit, show us this grace that we have to be able to give to everyone that God tells us to give. And as we do so this morning, we set into motion the law of giving and receiving. And so we thank you that the seed has been sown. We water that seed with our words and we declare that we have more than enough to meet the need of every situation. In Jesus' name, we thank you for a harvest, a return on every seed that's represented here. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. As you can see, we got 75. Look, we're down to $686 remaining. Like to see that get down to zero by the end of December. I think we can do it. I don't think that will be a problem. In Jesus' name, what are we doing? We're paying this off. This is the last debt we have as a church. The last one. Everything else is utilities. Well, we have our mortgage. But our mortgage, I can tell you, is less than probably what most people owe on their houses. <laughs> so we're, we're thankful for that. But this is the last bit of debt we have. Uh, during COVID, when COVID first started, we paid off three pieces of debt. Uh, that we have, and, and that's the goodness and grace of God, amen, that we were able to do it. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Do we have any first-time visitors with us this morning? First time here this morning on a Sunday morning? God bless you, sir. We welcome you this morning. Thank you for coming. Hallelujah. The ushers will give you a packet if they haven't already. If you'll return that card to them, they have a, we have a gift for you before you leave here. Bless the Lord. Let's stand together. Thank you for those who participated online with us today. We love you, and we hope to see you soon. Hallelujah. For those in the house, stay thankful. Amen? Amen. Say, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. 
Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You are dismissed.